This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No game last night, so no summaries, highlights, or spot-on analysis. What to do, what to do instead. You guys want to go get a snow cone? Maybe have a catch? Watch the last 40 minutes of Wedding Crashers and talk about how it should have been 10. I know. How about a long-form interview with the only outfielder in baseball who's played for Cheyenne, Wyoming, American Legion Post 6? By God, what a brilliant idea. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's... Josh Lewin, a scoot down. A 17-minute, 12-second interview with Brandon Nimmo is indeed straight ahead. But first things first, we got to get you ready for this closing stretch of 25 and 13. It'll carry the Mets into October. Is that possible? Can that happen? Yeah, sure it can. Baez is back. Lindor is close behind. The schedule soon becomes a nice, soft roll of Charmin as opposed to that sandpaper we've been forced to use on ourselves this month. Josh Lewin with you, grossing you out with weird wiping analogies. Uh, So let's move this right along. The Mets will begin their homestand 61-63, and and with plenty of work to do to catch Atlanta. But the Braves have that rags-to-riches schedule about to go back to rags on them. They went into Monday night's game with a nine-game win streak, but so did the Yankees, the team they had to play. These guys now have the same kind of run the Mets just had. And by the way, Atlanta's nine-game win streak was against the Orioles, Nats, and Marlins, who are a combined 87 games under 500. Their next eight games are against the Yankees, Giants, and Dodgers, who are 87 games over 500. And then they get the Padres. So let's stop talking about a mid-season Mets collapse. What about a possible end-of-season Braves collapse? Bill Madden had a great note in his Sunday column this past weekend in the case of uh, all the most notable first place collapses in the last 70 years. You look at Charlie Dressen's Brooklyn Dodgers of 51, Gene Mock's 64 Phillies, Leo DeRocher's 69 Cubs, Don Zimmer's 78 Red Sox, even Willie Randolph's 07 Mets. None of the managers were fired. After all that, so if the Mets catch and pass Atlanta by the end of September, at least Brian Snitcher should still have a job. What about Philly? Are we paying attention to those guys still? We should be. Bryce Harper could be MVP. Zach Wheeler could be Cy Young. But speaking of Bryce Harper, of all people, there's a connection there to get us to today's extended play interview with everybody's favorite Wyomingite, Brandon Nemo. About eight minutes from right now, you'll hear about his run-in with Bryce back when both guys were about 12. Here's a little prep session on the lefty swinging, number nine wearing, former first-round draft pick who's going to talk to you in a minute. This season, of course, the finger injury had him stashed on the IL. He's played in just 66 games. But for the year, 403 slugging percentage, 408 OBP. That would be third in the majors if he had enough plate appearances to qualify ahead of uh, guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Freddie Freeman. 
just behind Bryce Harper. What jumps off the back of the baseball card, I see 22 hit-by-pitches that led the league in 18, but he's making sure that doesn't happen as often now. Only 13 HBPs the last four years since. 2018, the only year Brandon stayed even close to healthy. He's not even played in 70 games in any of his other five big league seasons. But that career on-base percentage of 393, that is second in Mets history behind John Olerud. Brandon's ahead of Dave Maggot and Keith Hernandez and David Wright in descending order. David Wright is a guy I always thought Brandon reminded me of a little. The big welcoming smile, great with kids, great with sponsors. There's a little Woody Boyd from Cheers in there uh, that I think you'll hear during the interview. Maybe even a little Woody from Toy Story, too. But without any further ado, you guys ready? Let's hit the play button and for the next 17 minutes, enjoy some time spent with Brandon Tate Nimmo with old Brandon Nimmo talk now and, and you've been around long enough that I don't hear Nemo instead of Nimmo <laughs> on PA systems across the planet are you noticing that too? Yeah, a little bit more yeah a little bit more um, you know it's you're right I, I am starting to have been around for a little bit so uh, yeah we're starting to get away from the Nemo on the PA system but still hear it plenty in the crowd you know, it's, I worked for the Big Ten Network for a little while. I used to write down BTN all the time, and then I realized right now that's you. That, that that's, is me. That's your thing. Yep. Brandon Tate, is yes, that right, Nemo? That is correct, yeah. Is Tate uh, a family name, or how uh, they come up with that? No, so I, I, the story that I hear behind it is that my mom did want to name me Tate, um, but oh. that my dad felt like I would get picked on too much. So, <laughs> um, so they ended up compromising for it as a middle name, and uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually quite fond of it. I, I like it. Um, and uh, straight right to the point, uh, pretty short. And uh, I think it fits from where I'm from. It seems very cowboyish, so uh, it fits the cowboy state. I, I could talk to you about the cowboy state for an hour. We only got like eight minutes. So I know you wanted to be a bull rider for yes. a while as a kid. When did that stop? Because, I mean, I know a lot of kids in Wyoming have that same dream. You know, um, so it's like a family tradition, uh, you know, say a, a rite of passage in my family that um, when you're about seven years old, you go up to my grandpa had a ranch. Uh, he had some cattle on it, and uh, we'd go get some steers, and more like calves, and uh, and you'd have to have to hop on them for uh, try and hop on for eight seconds. And so, um, I wanted to be a bull rider, and and so they put me on this steer, and I, I ended up getting on uh, on for not too many seconds. I'd say maybe like three or four, and he bucked me off, and he kind of came around and stepped on my ankle, and uh, they got on video tape me saying I didn't want to do it anymore wow, and okay. uh, so I I still after that point tried to persuade them but that was that was part of the point of, of the whole rite of passage was uh, to to let us know it wasn't going to be if you got hurt it was when you got hurt in uh, in bull riding and so to try and and uh, persuade us not to do it. Well, you mentioned your ankle, and it wasn't too long after that that a bull by the name of Bryce Harper found your ankle, yes. uh, is what I heard. <laughs> Can you tell fans about that? Because we see enough of Bryce Harper and hate him enough as it is. Why did he have to do you like that uh, when you were 12? Well, we, he, when we were 12, he was, he was a lot bigger than everyone else. Uh, you know, he, as he is now, he's... he's uh, very very big guy and but when we were 12 he was like 6'2 185 and so the rest of us were, were a little bit behind and I remember um, they ran a pick play to second base and I came uh, back in and he had put 
I, I'm sorry. I, I was put. I was trying to steal second base, and right. he put his um, he put his knee down in front of in front of the bag. And so when I went to slide in, my my obviously very skinny uh, legs hit his, and just I, they crumbled. And so my back cleat. This was like our first uh, year of playing with metal spikes. Wow. Um, went and just kind of got my ankle. I got I got a nice little scar from it. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my. Uh, 12 year old Bryce Harper story and uh, uh, but I played against him yeah a lot when I was growing up and he probably doesn't know it because um, he was playing all over the country but he was a household name even when we were 12 sure. years old and and so um, yep that was that was that was one of the scars he left me with now I swear I did not mean to make this a Brandon Nemo injury hour but uh, your ACL a few years yep. later this was in a football game yep. from what I understand mm-hmm. take me through that because ACL tears especially when you could be a first or second round baseball right. draft pick or go to the University of Nebraska on a scholarship yeah. you got to be thinking oh come on yeah you know um, I just remember uh, a lot of people telling me now, now at that time we didn't we didn't know that I was going to be a first round pick and yeah uh, but I uh, remember I had a, a lot of people telling me hey you know maybe you shouldn't play football um, because you know we think that your future is in is in baseball and I thought that was all fine and dandy, but I had no concrete evidence, you know, at that time, and so, um, and so I, I, I really did love football, and I wanted to play it, and so um, I went out for my junior year, and I was a co-captain of the team, and it was our first game. I just caught a little, uh, a little out pass, and was running up the field, and I remember it was it was um, who they thought was the best football player in in the in Wyoming at the time, and I thought you know I'll send we'll send a message right away, and I'll go run him over, and uh, came to find out later that he he would never tackle people up top; he would always just go go right through yeah, their legs. Yeah, yep. and uh, so I went and I put all my weight on on one leg, and you know as you can see from me, I'm mostly legs, so I don't have a lot of upper body to protect my legs which was a downfall in football and uh and he went right through my knee and i just remember hearing it pop it sounded like a rifle going off in my head and i remember there's people say that these these events happen slower than in your mind than they do you know in real time but i remember thinking on the way down before i hit the ground that like i actually did it like i actually (laughs) did what everybody was saying you know and and then i remember hitting the ground and all the pain um finally flooding to to the, my knee and um and it was it was it was a long process it you know it took a solid six months before I was back to um being on the field and even then I was just kind of playing first base and just hitting some and um but as we as we progressed as I took the um the PT I took it all very very seriously I was doing uh, uh the bike sessions in the morning before school after and uh, going to the PT sessions and everything and we were taking care of a lot of stuff at home and my parents were overseeing that and, and thankful very thankful that I had them but it uh it took a while and and finally about midsummer I started to kind of um get my speed back and I I was able to go to the Tournament of Stars, and that's kind of where uh, everything started. Then I was, then I went to the Under Armour All American Game, and then once we were about a year out from it, I, I went and ran my fastest sixty um, at the in Arizona, um, wow. almost a year out from from the injury. So 
very thankful that the surgery uh, went well. I remember when, when uh, I came out of surgery, uh, the surgeon was a family friend. I played against his son oh, wow. a, a lot. In, uh, he was Colorado State's um, football um, orthopedic surgeon. And so he dealt with you know four or five knees a day. And uh, he said he came out and he said surgery went per- perfect. Couldn't have asked it to go better. So very, very thankful a lot of things went our way with that, uh, even, even with the injury being the way it was. And so... Now here I am, and uh, we're still still going. So it's fun kind of just tripping back to high school days. I think everybody can relate to that. But yeah. not a lot of people in New York City know what a Cheyenne East Thunderbird is. <laughs> uh, you guys had this killer, kick-ass yeah. blue and black yeah. uniform. Yes. I've seen the pictures. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Football state champs a few yep. years and all of that. Yep. But I think one thing people have figured out, because they've heard the story on SNY or whatever, is one thing Cheyenne East didn't have. Was baseball right. team. So, talk to me if you wouldn't mind, Brandon, about playing American Legion ball. I've gotten to know yeah. a guy named Kelvin Torvey a little bit. Okay. Rapid City, South Dakota, yep. American Legion God. He yep. was a, a New York Met player back in the day, but now he's a South Dakota legend. Yep. So, probably not too different than the Wyoming right. thing, where right. I mean, if, if you want to play baseball, th- that's your only choice. Yeah, it is. It is your only choice, and so um, you don't have high school baseball, and 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 you do American Legion, and, and you play teams like Rapid City until um, teams in Colorado and and the other high school states kind of open up and go play summer ball so um, you have to you have to travel more Um, you know you have to go to places where there there isn't high school baseball so Rapid City a lot those that was always kind of like a rivalry because my uh, coach tried to frame our program after Rapid City post 22 Um, and uh, and they were a great program we were trying to be like them so became a nice rivalry and um, yeah, a lot of traveling, a lot of playing Wyoming, Rapid City. Um, you know, trying to trying to just do what you can until that until that summer opens up. But you know, we were we were very good about it. Um, I think we were able to get in about 80 games a, a season, and so. When you look at high school teams and summer teams, you know high school usually plays around thirty games, and yeah. then the summer usually plays around fifty. So we were able to you get had an advantage that in. early, yeah. yeah. And um, and so then you know we were also able to play with the same group of guys for for a longer period of time, and I really enjoyed that. I developed a lot of relationships and uh, and, and good times with them. But um, it, it was it was difficult, but we were very fortunate that we had motivated people who wanted to see kids in Cheyenne succeed and have a have a chance and so there's a lot of people in my life that made it possible especially um, you know coach tag lane uh, really heading up uh, the the program and making all that possible but yes you had to you had to make it a point to to want to play baseball and uh, but you know to be honest with you it was one of your better options of of getting out of Cheyenne and going play college ball uh, somewhere and so you know we all took it tried to take it very seriously so I'm going to keep you in the in the Midwest in Wyoming ish just for one more question and it's about your dad because mm-hmm. I met your dad fabulous guy I got to tell you though I was crushed when I found out when when I heard all about the rope and doggies and all the you know the <laughs> the Buck and Broncos that your dad's a freaking CPA yeah. I mean he's a, he's the accountant of the Wild right. West yep. and, and now he's retired at least yes yeah. that's right yeah so he you know he he definitely grew up on a farm and and, and uh, you know. He did all of that stuff in, in southern Colorado, a um, little town called La Junta. It was like 8,000 people at the time. And, 
Um, and he definitely did all the rodeo and everything that you would expect from Wyoming. But when he was in Wyoming, yes, he was he was an accountant and uh, accountant well, to the stars. Yeah. I mean, like the, the big one in town. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, Wyoming is a tax haven state, so a lot of appeal for yeah. uh, a lot of appeal for accountants there. And so um, his job his job did take him there, and and, and it was very um, very good for him and, and for our family. But um, but you know, he always told me um, when he was working that he said, you know, Brandon. Um, you know, money's great and all that, but find something that you love because he said, um, you know, if you can find something that you love and you love to do, then you'll never work a day in your life. And so I thought, well, I love playing baseball. And so let me try and work as hard as I can at that so that maybe, maybe that can be my job someday. And we always reach for the stars, but, you know, always tried to keep me humble and, and, you know, do well in school and everything is a good backup plan. But, um, you know, that really motivated me to try and work hard in the things that I loved and, and gave me this opportunity. I was so, so blessed to have and so blessed to get to play this game every day. But uh, he did. He, he he was an accountant. It was not the it was not the cowboy that you think. No. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't really go hunt much when we were growing up. We were playing sports all the time. And, you know, it wasn't quite, you know, the cowboy uh, thing that you think of. But. Um, but we, we I, I had a great time, you know, in Wyoming. I think fondly of it when, when looking back on it. And, uh, you know, you don't appreciate uh, things until until you right. lose them, you know. And, and so um, that's definitely one of those things where I go back there now and I'm like, yeah, this, really, this was a nice place to grow up, you know. And so um, very, very thankful for the family that I have for where I grew up um, and, and, you know, for my dad, my dad's job getting us there. I do love me some Ron Nimmo, I, I got to admit. So before I let you go, it seems like all we've done is talk about rectangular states, Colorado and Wyoming. Uh, let me at least ask you about the University of Nebraska, okay. where I know they wanted you to go. Your yeah. brother ended up going there, having yeah. a nice experience. Uh, I think he still lives in Nebraska, right? Yeah. So do, do you ever look back and feel like, man, I mean, I know this has worked out great. I was a first-round right. pick. I'm a Met. Right. All that's awesome. But I wonder what it would have been like just to be like a regular college dude. Yeah. 100%. That, that thought 100% crossed my mind. It's still, you know, it's crossed my mind of, you know, I, I listen to these guys. We come from a bunch of different backgrounds, and so um, a lot of them came from college, and um, I hear about their college experiences and their, their, their stories from their coaches and just, uh, you know, like obviously Michael went to the College World Series, and, and I think about, you know, those opportunities that uh, you didn't get to have, but... Um, you know, then, then I just kind of go back to, you know, that you don't get everything in life. You don't get everything you want. And, and I've, everything has worked out really, really well for me. And the decisions have worked out well. And I've learned a ton of life lessons through all of this. Um, but I am human. And I do think about, you know, what if, what if you did go that route and you did, you know, go to college and what that experience would have been like. Um, but that's not the route that, that life took me. And sure. you have to enjoy uh, and be uh, content with what you have and, and, and the experience that you have gotten. And I, and I had a lot of fun in minor league baseball and a lot of grand memories from there as well that you know, I might not have gotten if I would have gone to college. But that thought definitely has crossed my mind. And um, you know, we thought about that when, before going uh, into pro ball. My, my brother and my brother-in-law were, were big um, advocates of how uh, much of an experience and how much growing up they did in college 
um, and how they really couldn't put a money figure on that, you know, and, and that's what you're trying to decide when, when you're getting drafted. So, um, so yeah, there was a lot of thought that went into it. It still does cross my mind, but um, as you said, things have worked out pretty well. I've, I've got, I've gotten a few years in the big leagues now and uh, just trying to try and enjoy the here and now and, and, uh, and, and not think too much about that. One more question, because my retinas are burning looking at you smile. I, I need to ask you about dental hygiene, because between Lindor and David Wright back in the day, and you now, uh, the, the wattage of the smile uh, is what people notice. So is there, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to get you a, a toothpaste commercial, yeah, but, yeah, is, yeah. but is there a secret? No, no secret for me. You know, I mean, uh, I just give a lot of thanks to Dr. Jacobus back in Port St. Lucie. <laughs> um, you know, I was, when I got into pro ball, um, I, you know, started to notice, I was like, ah, man, you know, I, I need to get my, my teeth fixed. And, and so um, I, Dr. Jacobus put me on the Invisalign and, and worked with me, even with my schedule being away for half the year most of the time. Um, but every spring training, I'd come and check back in with him. And and uh, we got these puppies to where they are now, and you know I'm very happy about that because I didn't do braces when I was when I was younger, and um, and so it's it's worked out well. He it has worked he out did well. say uh, when we were doing it, when we were doing it in the minor leagues that. Um, you know, this will work out well when you're smiling in New, in New York. And so he did call that, and I was like, okay, well, that's that did work out perfectly. Um, but, um, no, I mean, hey, brush your teeth twice a day. Floss, you, kids. Yeah. you know, right. uh, and, and do the uh, do the, the fluoride uh, um, mouthwash. That's all I do. I just, I honestly, I try and, and make a routine out of it, and I think oh, everyone should. And, um, you know, the, the more routine oriented it even helps you sleep uh if you create a routine before you go to bed so like me brushing my teeth doing the mouthwash flossing before that all gets you ready for going to sleep and so i try and just create a routine out of that every morning and every night and and then that's it but i think lindor has has the better the better smile but i just you know i'm so thankful to to be here and, and i'm so uh so happy when i'm out playing um that i'm just very very uh, those emotions show on my sleeve, and, yeah. I, and I can't, I can't really hold them in. So no, please you know, don't. We, we everybody loves it. And we're going to get you that Invisalign endorsement before we're done. So thank you, buddy. Thank you. Many thanks to Brandon Nimmo for the generosity of his time. The former number thirteen overall pick ten years ago, chosen just before the late Jose Fernandez, and a few slots after Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez. So yeah, the Mets now have three of the top thirteen picks from that draft in their everyday lineup. But you know what's crazy? They almost had two more. Trevor Bauer was number three in that draft, and yes, the Mets had interest. Pick number 11 that year was George Springer, the outfielder that went to Toronto in free agency instead of to New York. Brandon and the Mets are back at it tonight. This one last hurdle in this challenging, very unkind piece of scheduling. Here come the Giants, 80-44, and 44, best record in baseball, coming off two dramatic wins in Oakland that made them the first team in big league history to have pinch hit home runs in the eighth or later to erase a deficit and take the lead two games in a row. If that's convoluted, I apologize, but they made history. Here are the matchups. The Giants going with Sammy Long tonight, 5.72 ERA. Johnny Cueto, 389. Alex Wood, 411 after that. That's up against Tyler McGill with his 3-2-1 ERA. Taiwan Walker with his 386. And then Carlos Carrasco with his unsightly 882. 
Tonight, McGill, the bang for your buck, eighth rounder from Southern California up against Sammy Long, an 18th rounder from Northern California. He's a guy that can be a little wild sometimes, and that's good if the Mets are patient. At one point on this past road trip, 26 innings in a row without a walk by a New York Met. You know, sometimes those things are as good as a hit, or so I was told when I was playing for uh, Milton Ron's Auto Transmission in Rochester when I was 11. 7-10 game times. Don't forget this weekend, the Nationals are in. That's a Friday night Noah Syndergaard t-shirt giveaway, first 25000 courtesy of Northwell Health. Saturday night, the first 25000 get the Jerry Kuzman bobblehead and the chance to see Jerry, one of the all-time great Mets pitchers, have that number 36, formerly retired. All that's left at this point is to do what we always do at the end of the show. We introduce that killer Mets in the Morning House band, God love them. On keyboards, Brian Stokes. Slapping to bass, it's Robert Person. The horn section is Chica Walker, naturally. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Nickius. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks again to Brandon Nimmo. And thanks to you for listening and spreading the word that we're here every day, Monday through Friday. Mets and Giants tonight, either on uh, SNY, WCBS Radio, or the best way of all, live and in person at City Field. Take care. Good luck. Take luck. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.